0: Really? We just go through those moments of worship when we get a golf clap applause? <laughs> That's Let's give a round of applause to God today, guys. Come on. <laughs> ah, okay, mediocre. We'll go with that, though. We're all right. Yesterday, I was at Bridgewater Falls getting my lunch at Jimmy John's, and, and I'm pulling in. It's like, man, traffic is backed up. And get around to Jimmy John's, and I start to pull out and go, man, there are all kinds of kids at Bridgewater Falls dressed up in costume. That's why it was so busy. I mean, I saw ghosts. I saw several spider man kind of running around. Several one, Wonder Woman was like several places, you know. See her here, you see her over there. She's at that store. And it was just cool to get to see all of those kids dressed up, having a good time. And today, again, with Boobash, it's going to be an incredible, incredible uh, opportunity. We had several hundred kids here last year for Boobash. A lot of our people have decorated the Calm building. The Calm building is in full boobash array, popcorn, candy, drinks. Uh, every room is decorated as something. And so come come to that. Come and serve. Come come be part of it. If, if you've got neighbors, invite them, invite your kids, make sure your grandkids come. It's just a great event to, to be able to celebrate together for Boobash. Now, we're starting a new series today called Leading Those You Love, and uh, it's an interesting series because that might be your spouse, that that might be, uh, I don't know, a friend, it might be your kids. We all have people that we love, and we all have people that we need to lead in different directions for different things at different times. Now, if you're a parent, if you know someone who's a parent, if you had a parent you know that parenting can be tough, right? I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You know that just, just instantly. It might be because of your own kids, or it might be because of the kids like in checkout at Walmart that are screaming in the aisles because they didn't get the candy they wanted, and they've lay down on the floor, and they're kicking their feet just laying there. Anybody see that, or is it just me? Okay, that used to be me, actually. My mom had to pick me up and carry me out of the store. So I understand, parenting is tough. Now, most of us in our lives, um, we felt this desire, no matter who you are, whether you have kids, whether you're an uncle, an aunt, a grandparent, whatever, you felt this desire to kind of pour yourself into the next generation, right? To kind of lead some of those, those kids. Again, it might be a niece, a nephew, a cousin, to prepare them for the future, and that's a huge challenge because a lot of us, again, you don't have to have kids, but you have to know people around you. A lot of us have a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight, and we get that as we grow older, and we've got this that we need to be able to share and pass on and bring this next generations up so they have some good insight as well. Andy Stanley says this about parenting. The days are long but the years are short. Think about that just for a minute. The days are long. Ain't that the truth? You got kids, let's just say you're an aunt or uncle and the kids, your, your, your nieces or nephews come and stay overnight with you. It's like you cannot wait for them to go home the next day. The days can be long, but the years go by so quickly. Watch this. <music> Life comes at you fast. Be smart. And ve- you're laughing, but that's exactly how it works. You know, you're pushing your little baby, all of a sudden they're 18 years old. It just, it just works that way. Life comes at you fast. And listen, just because you had parents doesn't mean you know anything about parenting. And just because you were a kid at one point doesn't mean you know anything about raising kids, right? I mean, because everybody is unique and everything is individual. My dad used to quote this quote. I think it was a Mark Twain quote about parenting teenagers. He, he said this, when there are 13, put them in a barrel, nail the lid shut, and feed them through the knot hole. And then he finishes, when they are 16, plug the knot hole. Some of you know exactly... <laughs> what that's like, right? You've raised your kids. You know how that goes. You know the frustrations that go into them. And I know it sounds bad, but some of you have really been there. Now, one of the biggest thrills of my life has been parenting our kids. It just has been. And one of the biggest challenges of my life has been parenting our kids. I mean, it's a a two-way street. Sometimes we just don't get things right. Sometimes our kids choose to get dragged, dragged down bad pathways. Sometimes our kids get with wrong the, the, the wrong crowd that leads them down a bad pathway. Sometimes life is just not what we expected, and parenting can be difficult, right? It's not always great. It's difficult sometimes. So here you go. Whether you're a parent or not, I want you to rank your parenting skills. On a scale of one to 10, now, don't say this out loud. Keep this to yourself, all right? But are you a four? I mean, again, you don't have to have kids. Just rank where you think your parenting skills are. Are you a four? You're going, nope, not my thing, not good at it, never been good at it, not going to do it, you know, whatever. Is, is, are you a four? Are you a six? God, I'm, I'm above mid-ground, right? I mean, I, I do better than, you know, my neighbor, for sure. I'm better than them. And, and, and you look at that, or are you a nine? Like, is, is it just your passion, you know, for, for your kids? Where, where, where do you rank yourself on those skills? Now, before some of you get too hard on yourselves, remember this, none of us have been trained on how to be a parent. Now, at best, maybe you read a book or did a class on how to build your kid's self-esteem, but that's pretty much it when it comes to parenting, and nothing has covered what you face or what you're about to face as parents. You know, we bring these kids home from the hospital and they are these little bundles of joy. What happened to that? You know, a couple years later, you're going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, that's, that, where, where did they go? I want to go back to those days. I want to go back to watching Barney. I know that's just my generation, but go back to those kind of days. I, I want my kids to be little and, and happy again. Here's the deal. The ultimate goal for your life, for your kids, is that they can find this incredible life that God has created for them, right? As parents, that's what you want for your kids, that they get to find this incredible life that God has created them for. And we as parents, as aunts and uncles, as grandparents, as neighbors, we get to be part of that. Now, those of us that have raised our kids... Do any of you have kids that have wrecked their cars? Hands up. Yeah, I got two hands up. My youngest son, Zach, that's on staff with us, he flipped his car five or six times on the backside of Trenton one night. Scariest moment of my life. You know, not sure he was alive, not sure when we got there, you know, what what it was gonna be. He survived. Anyway, flipped his car. Any, Any of your kids failed a class? Raise your hands. Or they just changed the grade so you didn't see it? Is that what happened? Yeah, I've got two hands up for that because I'm not saying which of my kids did that, but they did that. Any of your kids skip school? Yeah? My wife needs to be raising her hand on every one of these, all right? I'm just telling you. Any of your kids choose not to come home at curfew? Jen Portunis, raise your hand. Uh, Okay. Your son was at my house till 2 or 3 in the morning. I know he was late coming home. Any of your kids, I don't know, did they yell at you? Any of your kids, did they challenge you? Did any of your kids have you feeling like you're a terrible parent? The answer to that is probably yes on all the above, right? Most of us have been there. And some of us have handled things better than others, Right? Some of us have done really well, and some of us needed some extra help. Here's my encouragement for you today. Don't give up. Don't. Don't give up. As a parent, as a grandparent, as an aunt, as an uncle, as a neighbor, we can't do everything right, but we can put some things in place so that we can help them. And that's why we're doing this series, because I don't want you to give up. Our next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that are too important for us to give up on. We've got to come up with plans, and we need to stick to them. I think we need to take a good look at what our priorities are as parents. Now, sometimes we get into parenthood, we don't have any priorities. It's just trying to survive the next day. You know, you're just trying to make it through the next moment. Some of you are saying, listen, I'm, I'm not a parent or my kids are grown, or I needed this 10 years ago, we all need this. Every person in this room, every person watching online, we need this information because we have to lead the generations to come. We just need to. That's part of who we are. All of you are part of some type of a family. All of you. All of you have neighbors, all of you have friends, all of you have maybe a brother or a sister, nieces, nephews, grandkids, your own kids. We all have somebody in our sphere of influence that we need this for. And we have to ask ourselves, what is the primary priority in our family? The number one priority. What's that North Star priority that that's where we come back to, that's where we get our our guidance from, this is our ground zero, that North Star priority, what is it that is going to allow our kids to be what we want them to be? If you don't have that priority, listen, because we're going to set one of those today for you. Our top priority, the one thing that we base every decision on has to be this, all right, some of you are going to turn me off right now. You have to listen to this. This has to be your top priority, that our kids grow up godly. All right? Now, I know that's a strong statement, but here's the deal. Out of godliness comes everything else that we want them to be. Everything. And it's backed up with a power that is stronger than any other power in the universe. As a matter of fact, it's the power that created the universe. It's the power that created everything that we see on this earth. It's the power that knit you together in your mother's womb. That's the kind of power it is. And you have that backed on you when you start living godly lives. When your kids are godly, they get to live out Galatians 5. Are you ready? Here's what the Holy Spirit produces in you love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control does anyone not want those in our lives does anyone not want your kids to live with those kind of priorities in their lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control we all want those things We want those in our lives and we want those in our kids' lives. But if we don't train them and we don't set these godly priorities for them, guess what? Someone else will give them different priorities. And someone else will train them in different ways. And when you take yourself out of the picture, you leave your kids open for anything. And sadly, too many of us have done that. So where do we start? I don't know, Deuteronomy 6 is a great place. If you have your Bibles, iPhones, version apps, Deuteronomy 6, it'll come up on the screen as well. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Anybody have any idea what commands he's talking about? Anybody? This is right after he gets the Ten Commandments. So he comes down and he's addressing the nation of, of Israel and saying, listen, these are this important. These are God's commands. You've got to know these. You've got to put these in your lives. So the Ten Commandments, isn't it interesting that what Scripture says about the most important things are things that we've chosen to take out of all of our public places? You can't have the Ten Commandments in a courthouse anymore. I, I, I get it. I mean, you, you know, you don't like God, whatever. I, I understand that. But have you looked at the moral values that are here? I I get it. We've taken the Ten Commandments out of our schools. Hey, listen, we're going to separate church and state. It was initially intended different than that, but that's where we've interpreted it today. And so we take anything that has anything to do with God, like the Ten Commandments, out of our school systems. And we wonder why we have such issues because we've turned away from where God wanted us to go, because we're not loving God and loving our kids in great ways, in godly kind of ways. Well, what are those commandments? Here's a children's version of the Ten Commandments. Here's the first thing, put God first. Okay, you don't believe in God, whatever, I get it. So take everything out because you don't like God, whatever. Do not make fake gods. You do understand that we all make fake gods, right? Whether it's money whether it's clothes, whether it's cars, whether it's our work environments. We all put things, and we make those things God's in our lives, and we live to those things. How about the next one? Respect God's name. Listen, if you're going to respect God's name, you're going to respect your teachers at school. You're going to respect your judges. You're going to respect your police officers. Why? Because it's a respect thing, and God knows that about us. Uh, Respect God's day of rest. We've talked about that for years around here. You need that day where you're just in a rest mode because if you work seven days a week, 20 hours a day, you will crash and burn. It's just a matter of time. And God knows that because he created us. He said, you need a day of rest, just like he took a day of rest. Um, Respect your parents. Does anyone not want that? I don't care who you are. Does anyone not want that in your school system, in our courthouses, in our lives? Because when you respect your parents, you respect everyone else. How about do not kill people? Kind of an important one, you know? It's a good one to know. It's a good one to follow. Not even your brothers and sisters, kids. You don't want to do it, right? I mean, do not kill. How about um, respect marriage promises, There is nothing that has destroyed our culture more than broken marriages. Sometimes we're at fault, sometimes we're not at fault. But broken marriages have decimated our entire country, and even our entire world. Because when you can't figure out how to keep true to your promises, your vows, to build the family, your families crumble, and they fall apart, and then you're trying to pick up the pieces. Um, Do not steal. Okay? Pretty basic, right? Let's go to the next one. Do not lie. Do not be jealous. You know what jealousy does? It makes you fail on all the rest of them. Because when you're jealous over things, it makes you lie and steal and sometimes kill. They're basic. They're so important. They're priorities that we need to be passing on and teaching our kids. And do you realize that as a parent... God has given you the power to change the next generation, the generation after that, and the generation after that. As an aunt or an uncle, God has given you the power to change the next generation, and the generation after that, and the generation after that. As a grandparent, God has given you the power to change the next generation, the generation after that, and the generation after that. As a neighbor to some young kids, God has given you the power to change the next generation and the generation after that, and the generation after that. That's what God has given us. You're going, how in the world can we do that? What does that even mean? You start by loving God. Deuteronomy 6 the two most important principles that we need to live out as people with that sphere of influence in our life. If you don't get anything else, hold on to this. Are you ready? Here's the first most important thing that you do you love God. What's our theme around community? Love God, love people. That, that's how we live. That, that's our, those are our priorities. Those are our, our North Star for this church. We want to love God and we want to love people with everything that we have and everything that we are. That's how we live. Love God, love people. Love God with all of our heart. I think every person in this room and everybody watching at least has a little bit of love for God right on the inside of us. We love God with a little bit of our hearts. And one of the most dangerous things that we can do as parents is to expose our kids to just a little bit of God. I think all of our kids know, again, at least a little bit of God. I mean, every kid knows that. And the challenge is that knowing a little bit about God without knowing the life of changing way that God can give you purpose and meaning and unconditional love leaves them not really knowing God because we just want our kids to get a little bit of God and there are a lot of things I got it that distract us from from knowing and loving God Uh, there just are and these things have been around for a long time you know we want to as parents my parents did this we did this we want to give our kids more than what we had you know, we want our kids to have a better life than, than what we did growing up. And so we work hard and we pour ourselves in, into our careers trying to get more what? Stuff. And we miss giving our kids maybe what they really need, which is direction and love and guidance, but we bought a lot of stuff for them. We want to provide the best opportunities that they can have. So what do we do? We get them in soccer, ballet, Gymnase, or gymnastics, dance, baseball, football, that, that, that's what we get them in all these things. And, and then we work really hard to organize their schedules so that they're busy all the time. Think about your families. What are their schedules? What, what are they? Grandkids, kids, doesn't matter. What are their schedules? When, when, they're, when, when, when they're busy all the time, they don't have time for other things that might be more important. And then when they're 16, what do we do? We want to make sure when they're 16 that they get a car to drive. Why? Because it's borderline child abuse not to provide a car for them when they're 16. They didn't do anything to earn it. They just get it. And I'm guilty of that with all three of my kids. But... You look at it and you say, you know what, we don't want to do any child abuse to them, so we're going to buy them a car so that they can drive themselves wherever they need to go so we don't have to take the time to do that anymore. And if we're not careful, we become child-centered parents and our lives revolve around our kids and our spouse gets moved to second or third place and God gets moved to 10th, 11th, or 12th place. See if this sounds like anyone you know. Again, talk to people every day, all the time, everywhere, who fall into this category. Hey, hey Scott, let's start coming to church. Hey, I, I want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Man, I, I love this stuff. I, I, I love everything about God, everything about Jesus. And then I'll be at Kroger or Walmart, and I'll run into somebody like that and say, and I haven't seen you for a while. Everything okay? You, you, you doing all right? Where you been? And then just this long silence. Almost the same thing every conversation. Long well, we haven't been there for a while. Well, how long's a while? I try to press, no matter what, to to figure it out. How long's a while? Six, maybe seven months? Okay. What's going on? Well, man, we've just been busy. I'm coaching little league. I mean, I've got our daughter in dance class. We're, we're just going, 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 we're going all the time. And we've just been too busy for church, kind of too, too busy for God. It's the same answer every time. And I know that happens. But think about this. What message does that send to our kids? To our grandkids, to our nieces and nephews? What message does that send? When your kids see that in you, does your faith seem important, or does it seem like a 10th or 12th or 14th priority? Does your relationship with God seem important? Does your relationship with the church seem important? Let me clarify this. By church, I don't mean that you come in late, you sit here for less than an hour, and you get up and leave before offering. That's not what I'm saying is church, because you know what that is? That's a, I just checked it off my box kind of thing. Hey, I showed up, somebody saw me, I checked my box, I can get out of here and go go home and get on with the rest of my day. That's not church. Church is worshiping a creator that has done more for you than you can ever imagine. Church is worshiping a God that you can never repay for how much he's given to you. Church is connecting to other believers, so that you can have a support network in things that are good and when things are bad. That's what church is church is together serving the people around us that might be a little bit less fortunate or somebody that might not be able to rake their leaves or somebody that might not be able to cut their grass or a school that we can go and paint the the, the whole playground or a park that we can go and clean up so a family might have a safe place to go and hang out. That's what you do together in the name of Jesus. And when your kids see you do those things as part of the church, Their faith grows, and when your kids see you put those things off, their faith gets pushed back. One, two, three, ten, twenty priorities. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That means it's not just words, that means it's actions. So let me ask you this question. Do you love God with all your heart or with some of your heart? That's a tough question. Do you love God with all of your heart or just some of your heart? What would happen if I, I don't know, I just walk into your house unannounced and I just start observing you? First of all, that'd be more than just a little bit creepy, all right? I get that, right? We, we don't want to go there. But what would I say about your commitment to God? I don't know if I look at what you're reading. What about if I sit down and watch the TV shows with you that you're watching some of you go, oh, grab a seat, we'll have some popcorn, we'll, we'll watch the movies, that's great, but what would I say about your heart with what you're watching? What would I say if I look at your computer's history? What would that say about your heart for God? What if I just sit and listen to the language and the attitudes that are passed through your family, just as an observer? What would somebody say about your heart of God in those moments? What about your checkbook? You want to know where somebody's priorities are? Look at where they spend their money, their their online accounts, their banking statements. That'll tell you what their priorities are. What would the heart of God say about that? See, it's not just what you say. It's not just what you hope that you would be or could be. It's not just what you're pretending to be, but it's who you really are. As parents, the best thing that we can do for our kids is to love God with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our strength, because that has to be the North Star priority for our lives. We have to love God and we have to lead our families. Deuteronomy 6 7. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Talk about them when you're at home. Talk about spiritual things. Don't leave those as a, hey, we're coming to church today, we're going to talk about spiritual things when we're at church or on the way to church. But we don't talk about them any other time. Lead your families. Lead your grandkids. Lead your, your nephews and, and nieces. Lead them spiritually. Spiritual talk just doesn't happen on the weekends. We need to be putting that into our lives in everything that we do. Lead them I love the quote that Edward, the Duke of Windsor, said about America. He said, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way the parents obey their children. Ouch. It's true, isn't it? I I mean, it's just absolutely true. Let me ask you, what's your North Star? What are your priorities? Are you leading your children, or are your children leading you, which is never a good option? Set the tone, lead them. Lead them intentionally, wherever that takes you. Seek God, seek the heart of God, and you just do it. I don't know, if you're going to lead your families, maybe what you need to do is, again, you go to Deuteronomy 6, you look at how that works, you look at loving God with everything that you are. Maybe you go to Proverbs, there's all kinds of places to find out how to lead your families. And in Proverbs, here's some of the the, the things that, that they talk about. How about try to teach them to manage the money that God has given them? Is that an issue for you right now? Hey, listen, around here we do 10-10-80. Right? The first 10% is God's because that's what God asked for. That's the tithe. That's what we do. The second 10% you invest for your future and the 80% you live on. And if you say, there's no way I can live on 80% of my income, you're lying to yourself because you did it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You can do that. Teach them. Guide them about that. Teach them in Proverbs 13. Teach them how to carefully select friends. Because bad company corrupts good character. And who your friends are influence you, influences you more than you'll ever realize, even as adults. You teach your kids how to choose good friends. You train them to watch their words, Proverbs 4:24. You train them to be responsible. Proverbs six. That means when you commit to a job, you show up to work. That means when you commit to something, you follow through on your commitments. You train them to be responsible. You you, you train them to guard their minds because there's so much that wants to come in and cloud those and take them in different directions. You train them to be generous. You, You know what? If you want to see happy adults that were raised to be happy adults, they're the most generous people you'll ever find. You'll never find a miserable, generous person. Why? Because they figured out that it's not about stuff. It's about seeing needs and meeting the needs. It's about helping the people that you see. It's about loving them. It's about pouring it out as God keeps shoveling it into your life. It's not meant for you to keep. It's meant for you to serve and give away. Train them to fear God, Proverbs 1:7. because nothing else truly matters. Proverbs 22:6 6 says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Will you pray with me? Father God, I pray for everyone in this room and everyone watching online. God, may we take that scripture to heart. Train our kids, love our kids unconditionally, and love you above all. Because without your guidance and your grace and your forgiveness in our lives, nothing else matters. Let's train our kids how to follow you and love you with all their hearts. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.